Hello everyone, my name is Abdullah, co-founder of Silverline Community, and I will be your host for the Mean Who podcast, a show that sheds light on the movers, shakers, and shapers of the creative and cultural industries. Today we are talking about music transformation with Anthony Marshall. Anthony is an entertainment and music industry business leader who has a unique sense of youth culture and how it translates to entertainment, branding, and experiential marketing. He has a serial success history of developing and launching new movements, brands, and television shows that merge culture with technology, resulting in compelling consumer products. Anthony, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? Thank you. Doing well. Doing very, very well. And shout out to anyone that's listening today. Looking forward to the talk. Perfect. Thank you. Anthony, do you mind sharing with us a bit about your background, please? Sure, sure. Uh, so I'm the co-founder of a company called The Lyricist Lounge. It's it's kind of grown beyond just a company at this point, but it's a cultural movement, a cultural hip-hop institution. Uh, we started in 1991, uh, really as a way to just give exposure to unsigned artists at that time, you know, uh, a time way before the internet. And so, yeah, that's kind of what has been our goal to really provide exposure to hip hop artists. And now that goal is kind of, you know, the same, but changing a little as we move into this new future of Web3. And what does the music represent to you? Man, that's a great question. Music is oxygen. Music is water. Music is shelter. It's kind of like a bare necessity. You know, I think music means a number of things to different people at different times of the day, from something you need as a motivator in the morning or when you're in the gym or something that, you know, you need to kind of calm you down and prepare you to go to sleep. Um, I think that it's the soundtrack of our of our everyday. It's in a lot of ways, it is a, it's like a historical pod. Um, like if you were to bury something in the dirt, come back and dig it up and look at it years down the line. You know, I think much in the same way music provides that, uh, the ability to kind of uh, store information, so to speak. And years, years, centuries down the line, people will be able to listen to these things and understand what we were going through, where we were as, a, as humanity, you know, and so it's, it means so many different things, my friend. When you mentioned humanity and what it means to you and how it resonates with you, are these one of the reasons why you started the Lyricist Lounge? Absolutely. I was, I was 17 at that time, so I, I wish I was thinking that deeply, you know, about humanity and the future mm. of the world, but literally it was just... It was a way for us to just get out the streets. You know, a lot of us were, you know, club kids. And when you're in between the ages of like 17 and 21 in, in this country, there's not a lot planned for you to do. You know, you've already graduated and you're still a bit too young to start going to nightclubs. And so you find yourself in a very interesting space, you know, where you can get in trouble if you're, you know, in the wrong place at the wrong time. And so, we were uh, in, a, in an area in New York City called The Village, and that's where a lot of MCs would come together. Uh, if you Google that or look on YouTube right now, West 4th Park, uh, that's you know, West 4th Cyphers, 
this is really where a lot of the talent uh, was emerging and developing. And so once we, you know, through a mentor got access to this loft space, you know, we quickly kind of told all our friends and it quickly turned into a space where we could really develop not only our skills, but also our, our mind state, you know, about this industry that we were stepping into. Where it is now, uh, as of the last 10 months ago, uh, I formed a group, um, a collective on, you know, Google Meet, just a, a general call, 10 a.m. every Friday, EST. And what we were able to do, or what we set out to do, was really understand what this uh, world of NFTs are. And slowly, we kind of set off on a learning curve together to, again, not only understand what NFTs are, but what are 10K generative drops and what are the different blockchains and the coins, the cryptos attached to those. And, and then ultimately, uh, what is a DAO? You know, and, and someone in our group um, suggested that we form a DAO. And at the time, I knew nothing what it was. You know, I had, I had no idea what it was. And so it took time to understand it. And now we've officially formed one and uh, are on a beautiful Web3 journey. So it's been really cool. So aside from all the jargon that we're hearing and right now about like the DAO and what it is and the Web3 how would you explain the role of NFTs in transforming the music industry? So NFTs and Web3 in general has, you know, what it does, it really just kind of, it's, it's twisting value. It's changing the understanding of value. When tech companies were, were born, this whole change of how we uh, consume music, things moved into this world of streaming was great for the for the consumer, you know, for the fan, but it was horrible for the artists. We went from 99 cents uh, per song on iTunes uh, to 10 million plus songs for $10 a month, right? That completely robbed music of its value. And what NFTs do um, or, or has the ability to do uh, is really change that, you know? And so it's no longer about millions and millions and millions of people streaming your music is really about the right fit people or a hundred people buying your NFTs. And if you're lucky to have more than that, incredible. But we're really just one buyer. One buyer could result in a $40,000 NFT purchase, which could be amazing for an artist where some of them would have to spend years trying to get that type of check out of Spotify. It really has the ability to change the industry in a lot of ways to bring value back, but also kind of like disrupt this, this weird relationship between artists and the industry. Uh, it's a very uh, predatory type of relationship uh, where you are taking advantage of people who uh, don't have the money, legal team, or understanding um, as you do uh, or as they do. It's a very interesting time, you know. Before I jump into the streaming platforms, I'm curious to actually know, why do you think this is the case with content creators not reaping the, uh, the hard work of their labor? I think it goes way back to the beginning of the industry of like the record business being born. Um, it, you know, it wasn't a big industry back then. 
And maybe these deals needed to be structured in that way where the label could make sense of the investment. But these years later, things have definitely changed where now the profits are obviously there, you know? And so I think it's really just negligence, you know, it's negligence. It's not really caring about the the people you work with, caring about the culture. And at this point, what we're seeing is really karma. Uh, The industry is about to go through a very harsh karma where artists no longer need your help. They can go to Dallas for help. They can go, they can go, they can do raises, you know, on mirror, they can, there's so many different ways to raise money for your creative expression. And so, you know, I think the labels are in trouble. So talk to us more about DAOs and its relationship with music, because that's when, that was one of the first times I actually read about you was the article in Variety magazine, where you talked about your DAO initiative. So talk to us more about it. Yeah, I mean, DAOs are pretty much uh, corp- like co-ops. It's a community-led or community-run organization, group of friends that kind of believe in this vision, and they're also adding to that vision. And so I always say I can never afford to pay the people that are in my DAO. Uh, Some of them don't need a job. Some of them wouldn't take a job. So it's like I couldn't even pay them if I I had the money. Uh, And so the DAO creates the type of interface and interactions necessary for you to get a high level uh, amount of work from people who, again, you normally could not be able to pay for. You know, These are people, if you do it right, if you curate your group right, these are people with a high level of integrity. And so they're in it because of the vision, not because of the money. What DAOs really are, are an evolution or, or another form of, of a way to work with business, to work with products, to work with budgets. We have nonprofits, we have corporations, LLCs, et cetera. But what I find are those type of structures, especially corporate structures where you're dealing with equity, it's very hard to, you know, this is like your baby, you've developed it for so long, and now here goes some partners that you want to bring in but now you have to give up some equity, right? And so that is where I saw as like a pain, a pain point where for entrepreneurs, it's really hard to pull in the help you need when you don't have the investment and you're being very conservative about handing out equity. Web3 through community tokens allows for you to have a mechanism to reward the community for being involved in the dream. And so it's not about equity anymore. It's about tokens. And so we formed our own token called BARS. We have 10 million BARS on Ethereum for governance and 100 million on Polygon uh, for community activity. And again, the whole idea is that uh, we create you know, experiences and products for our community to benefit in being involved and they get rewarded in BARS. And through that uh, ecosystem, we create a self-sufficient environment where we no longer need record labels, no longer need publishers, and can really do what we've always wanted to do, which is really just have freedom of expression and the ability uh, to make great music. Well, I'm guessing that record labels and streaming platforms are not going to get let this go because it's a great moneymaker for them. 
So how do you think they're going to be or become relevant now with the advancements of Web3 and NFTs? No one's saying they can't be involved in the community. The problem is they've, they have manipulated the community for too long. Uh, so now that the community is becoming the drivers and getting in the driver's seat, we're just no longer allowing them to manipulate us. Now, again, you can be a part of the community. You can join the calls. You can do things to be rewarded in bars just like anyone else. You can, as a record label, I don't know, think of some way to um, add value to the community. And then maybe there's a way for you to participate. But if there's no real value that you're bringing to the community except for, you know, big um, dreams that later on I have to get a lawyer to go get my royalties for, that's not necessary. We don't really need those type of uh, vibrations uh, in the circle anymore. It's a circle. It's, it's not a top-down pyramid. It's a circle, and they either know how to fit in a circle or not. How do you think this is going to transform the way we consume music in the future? I think that what we'll be consuming music through token-gated platforms, and so you'll have your digital wallet and you'll need your digital wallet to gain access into certain websites. You'll need specific coins in your digital wallet to listen to certain artists because you're a part of their communities. And it's going to become a lot more, you know, kind of an inner circle. You know, you're either in that circle or you're not. And because music provides all the things that I explained in the beginning of this, right, it actually is very important to, to be dialed in to the right artists. This is all this, this is all inspiration in a lot of ways. And this inspiration could be good and sometimes it could be bad. So having access to great music with great messaging is really important. And I think the people making that music and understanding Web3 will really be able to make the best use of that. So I understand from you that you believe right now content creators or music makers are adopting, are happily adopting this technology. But what about the consumers and the audiences? What's the level of interactivity there and how quickly are they adopting this technology? Well, I always say this is 1776 in this uh, new revolution of Web3. So it's super, 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 super early. I think that, you know, it's a general question. So this is a general answer. People are slowly getting involved. Every now and then there's a big splash of a statement or movement or an experience that happens that, that wakes people up, similar to like Beeple and his sales or Blau's success or there's certain names in the industry that come out. Snoop has been doing a lot in the metaverse, et cetera, that I think has been waking a lot of people up to it. So like it's out there, you know, Facebook changing its name to Meta. It's out there. People are understanding and hearing about it. Obviously, they know about Bitcoin and learning about other coins daily. But every entity in Web3, their first job is to onboard people. No matter what your real goal is, your first job is to onboard. And so we're all in a phase right now of multitasking between what it is that we want to do and also taking the time to onboard people. And so that is a whole process that we kind of have to come through until we've kind of all made it to the day where it's a lot more top of mind. But to me, 
we're in such early days of this that, you know, even, even our terminology, it's not going to be about fans anymore. It's not about fans. We're, we're doing away with those titles. We're doing away with the, the title fan, which is really a fanatic, which is not the best thing that we call. Uh, we're getting rid of consumers, which is a very marketing term, like the consumers are consumers, right? This, this is really, this is about, that's why you hear the terminology community so much. This really is about treating people like community. If you're an artist and you make your living based on the arts you create, then the people who are purchasing it need to be respected way more than fa- being called fans or consumers. They're your community. And through Web3 and through community tokens, you have now given them a way to be involved in your growth. Wherever it is that you're trying to take this thing of yours, artists start in one definition of their art and then they kind of move into other areas. So people may start, you know, you look at like a Kanye who may have started as a graphic designer, then moved into being a producer, then moved into being a rapper, then moved into being a, a designer of everything, right? There's a trajectory of all artists and a lot of times they're holding on to their first dream, that music dream first, but uh, at least in, in, the, in the world of musicians. But as soon as they get that out, there's so much more art behind that for them to experience. And so that's the way I try to explain the power of a DAO and the power of Web3 to artists. Here is a community of people who may come into the room based on your music, but now as they learn who you are, as they learn your narrative, as they learn your story, your background story, and also your future story, where you're trying to take it, they then become uh, supporters of you in a very wholesome way that surrounds whatever it is you want to do. And and again, through the use of community tokens, they now have a way to be rewarded for their support. Previously, they were just buying music, buying whatever you put out, and the reward was the product. But now that the industry changed, and the product now has no value, we got to give them something else. So when fans become part of a community, that means they are engaged and are part of the process of the content creation, if you will, which means they are harboring a certain level of responsibility and accountability towards the product that is being produced. Is that a positive thing or a negative thing? Or what's your view on this? Well, One, every DAO is different. And because it's the wild, wild west, you, if, you're, if you're leading a DAO, if you're in leadership of a DAO, you can pretty much make up your own rules, right? So, uh, so it's a great question. In our case, we're about to start working on our second album and, um, and bringing back the TV show. Although we have a lot of creative people on our call, we have a lot of tech heads, techie heads on our call as well. They may, who may not always have the best uh, advice creatively, you know, or musically in the same way for the creatives may not always have the best advice technically. So what we've created or what I've seen is really the, the DAO acts as a board. It's an overall board. And within this overall board, you have kind of subdivisions. And so we'll have a creative board. We'll have a marketing board, et cetera, et cetera, legal board. And Through these boards, the community gets to join the boards. They get to put their input, give their input into those specific divisions. 
And then those board leaders then distribute that information to our corporate sister company, which then goes ahead and executes on behalf of the overall DAP. And so that's kind of the structure where you have a corporate arm and you also have this larger DAO, which acts kind of as a co-op, almost as a nonprofit, but again, with a mechanism through community tokens so that the community actually feels like they're getting something back. Do you believe musicians face a challenge with protecting their intellectual property? And if so, do you believe that the DAO would be an answer to such a, a dilemma or a challenge? What's happening is they're doing deals. You know, there's, mm. there's a contract in front of them that has all the details. They have a manager and a lawyer. They read the contract along with the manager and the lawyer, and then they sign it. And so that's not a question of protecting or managing. That's, that's really just all we've had as our option. I think... What the DAO does is gives another, it creates another resource opportunity where you can, instead of now going to those record labels, you can now go internally to your community, drop an NFT as a way to kind of sell some sort of product. And now you've made all this profit that you can now make the album with. I think it's just, yes, the DAO definitely helps overall with ownership, more ownership of the IP for the artists. And if the DAO is doing it really to help artists, then the DAO may not even want ownership in that master. They may really just do it to raise money and support this artist. And now the artist gets to move on with their work of art. I will leave you with the last question. Uh, Is there a common misconception about the music industry that you would like to correct? Yeah, I think the common misconception is that you have to be an asshole to be successful. And I think that is a misconception throughout all industries. I think that in the past, we've had those types of models where it's a very top down and I'm going to talk to all of you guys and I'm on the stage and on the podium talking down to my employees, that time is over. It didn't really work before. It may have seemed like it worked, but it's really not working if majority of the building is unhappy. The product may have sold, but 80% of the building is unhappy. And I think, again, this is where the difference is with the Dow. It's really about making sure the people are okay. It's making sure the people are okay. The money will come, but it's making sure the people are okay. So I think that's to me is the misconception. And this Web3 universe is providing us the tools to kind of, to see that through, that I can lead with my heart and my mind in the right place or in the same place, that I can care about people, that I can, that I can use caring as a way to be successful rather than being an asshole. So, yeah, that's what I'm hoping to kind of bring to the world right now through this DAO, through what we're doing, through the right energy. You'll, you'll see a lot of people in the Web3 space talk about energy. They talk about the, re, the redistribution of wealth. 
there's a lot of sharks getting in the game, but the early world of Web3 and NFTs and the community that is here really understands the power that Web3 brings to the table and the ability to re- redistribute wealth, you know, because you're listening to people. People are supporting you based on your story. This is not getting on stage for 10 minutes and doing a quick pitch, but I don't really know who you are. This is not loading up your, your business structure with a bunch of people on your advice, you know, as advisors with just pretty names and three letters behind their name just to close the deal. This is who are you and how are you? And oh, I've, I've been watching your, your Twitter feed and I see the only thing that you that you retweet has to do with XYZ. Is that really how you feel? Oh, I noticed that you're, you're just completely in support of Israel, but have no words to say about what's happening in, in Palestine. Is that really who you are? Okay, well, that's good to know because I don't I'm, I'm, I don't feel that way. It's really now about even in, in, in accepting money, understanding who your investor is and what politics they support before I take the money. It's a new time. And so I'm here for it, man. I really appreciate this conversation, man. I I look forward to having more of these, you know. We got to keep spreading the gospel of what opportunities uh, exist. We're extremely happy to find someone like you who is extremely established in the traditional sense when it comes to the music industry and being a leader and trying to adopt a new technology to show us and to be part of something that's going to disrupt and revolutionize the way we not only consume, but we co-create together. So Anthony, thank you so much for your time. It's been a wonderful pleasure. And I'm sure we're going to be collaborating soon on many, many projects beyond borders. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Have Have a a beautiful day. day. Yes, sir. Bye. All right. Peace, y'all.